0: You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. In today's message, we will be talking about the cross still stands today. If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. And I want to share a message with you this morning that simply says the cross still stands. The cross still stands. And I want you to notice this picture here of the cross that is standing in front of this devastation. And I'm going to share with you a little bit about that this morning as a way of introducing this message. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. On April 13th, 2020, a year ago, an EF3 tornado touched down in Seneca, South Carolina. The storm destroyed homes, homes, there was a plant called the Borg Warner plant that was completely destroyed, and a night watchman that was there watching over that was killed and was found dead in the devastation of that plant. Several were injured, and homes were st- destroyed. And there was a church called Destiny Christian Center, it's on the Wells Highway, that was affected by the storm. And what you're seeing in that picture there is you're seeing the devastation that took place. That cross was on the roof of the church. And what you see behind is the remains of the sanctuary of that church and that when the storm came through, it just literally just destroyed that sanctuary and it took that cross and it embedded it right in the ground. When Fox Carolina came to interview the pastor, listen to what he said. He said the cross still stands. It stood on the top but when it came down, it landed in front of the building facing the highway. One of our pastors, who's now going to the mission field. Josh Bridges went over to this church and met with this pastor the next day, and he said, I thought the pastor had just stuck the cross up into the front of the building as a testimony. He said, but it was not the pastor that stuck the cross in there. It was the storm that stuck the cross in there. I want to tell you that is a testimony to you and I that in the midst of destructive storms, in the midst of hardships and difficulties, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of economic downturns, in the midst of tyrannical leadership, in in the midst of anything that comes our way the cross still stands today when destructive storms come into our land the cross still stands when evil men and women arise in leadership as pawns of satan to bring destruction the cross still stands when there's a bad diagnosis when they say it's malignant when they say it's cancer the cross still stands When adversity strikes our homes and families, the cross still stands. No matter what the enemy may bring our way, the cross still stands today. I'm going to tell you something. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it to more abundantly. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Jesus suffered inhumane treatment at the cross, but I do not see this as an instrument of cruelty today, but I see it as a A symbol of God's unconditional love for humanity when people would come into a city that was ruled by the Romans it was not unusual for them to see people crucified all down through the city and they used it as an instrument of torture And they used it as an instrument of fear. They used it to strike fear into the hearts of those who would disobey the laws of the Roman Empire. And they were sending a message of cruelty, a message of death, a message of this is what you will pay. I want to tell you, but when I see the cross today, I don't see an instrument of cruelty. What I see is a living testimony that Jesus Christ is alive and well and that he's at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding for us and that he's coming back again. Can somebody give God praise in this place? You see, God's love was demonstrated at the cross. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Notice those first four words, for God so loved. God so loved. Every time you see the cross, you're seeing God so loved the world. Second Peter three nine, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Ephesians three eighteen, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. 1 John 4, 9 and 10, In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son in the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died. For the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The cross is a demonstration of God's love for humanity. In Romans chapter 8 verses 37 through 39. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, or death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 4, 8 says, God is love. The cross still stands today. And the cross is preaching a message You hadn't thought about that, had you? You hadn't thought that the cross is a preacher. Now, the cross is preaching a message. The cross is heralding a message. What is the message? Well, first off, it's good news. It's good news. Come on, somebody. If you want the bad news, pick up the newspaper. If you want the bad news, just turn on the news. But if you want the good news, look to the cross. And what is the message of the cross? Well, when you examine the cross, you find out that it was a place of suffering. Jesus suffered untold agony. In Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. He took upon himself the curse that we deserved. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus suffered injustice at the cross. There's a lot of injustice in our world today. There's a lot of uneven justice in our world today. But if you ultimately want to see injustice, look at the trials that Jesus endured. He was tried at the hands of the Romans and at the Jews. He was tried under both legal systems, and every part of his trial was illegal. He suffered injustice at the cross. But what is the message the cross is preaching today? I want to give you three things real quickly. First of all, the message of the cross is a message of hope. Everybody say hope. Romans 15, 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The cross stands today as an emblem of hope. When I see the cross, I see hope. And we have a message today. What is our message our message is one of hope. The news is filled with hopelessness, violence, pandemics, crisis, corruption dominate the headlines today. For the last year, we've been dealing with quarantines and social distancing and masks and shutdowns and all of those things. And people have lost loved ones and people have suffered during this time in our nation. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their businesses. And it's been a very difficult time. And if you look at the circumstances of our day, the circumstances of our day offer no hope whatsoever and even when our politicians speak to us today i don't come away feeling hopeful i don't come away feeling a lot of hope but i've come to tell you when i look at the cross i see h-o-p-e one of the most powerful words in the english language and i want to tell you jesus christ today is our hope hallelujah we witness firsthand the spirit of antichrist at work but i didn't come to rehearse the headlines but i've come today with some good news the cross still stands. In the midst of storms and times of darkness, the cross still stands. And the cross has a sermon to preach. What is the message of this sermon? The message of this sermon is hope. Psalms 42, verse 5, Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. My wife, Beth, has a powerful teaching, and she's done a lot of research on hope. And she gave me part of this, and I'm going to give her credit this morning. Listen to what it says. Hope is confident trust with the expectation of fulfillment. Faith is the ground of our hope. Hope is the object of our faith. Hope is our ability to connect with God. Hope is the starting point, the incubator, the power, miracles, and the plans of the Lord. What did it say? It said faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Is your, listen. How do you determine if you're operating in hope? Well, hope is the expectation that causes things to suddenly change. Our level of hope affects the mind, the mood, the emotions, and health. And how do you, here's, here's something that she and I talked about. How do you determine if you're operating in hope? Joy is the indicator. Is your disappointment stronger than your joy? And if so, then your hope is being challenged. We overcome disappointment by, by choosing to believe the promises of God. I've got to believe the promises of God greater than I believe the circumstances that are prevailing in my life right now. My testimony is not going to be what I'm going through. My testimony is going to be the word of the Lord. Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Jesus was operating in hope when he went to the cross. Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy, underline those words, who for the joy that was set before him. There's the link between hope and joy. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. The cross stands today as an emblem of hope in a world in darkness. But secondly, the message of the cross is one of help. Years ago, people used to say, the Lord hope me. Anybody remember that? What they were saying was, the Lord help me. But I like that. I'm going to go start saying that. The Lord hope me. Lord, I need, I need your help. The Lord hope me, Pastor. He hope me. Because help and hope go together. So the message of the cross is one of help. You remember the old westerns we used to watch? And the... I don't know if this is even politically correct or not, but the Indians, the Native Americans, the first people, we call them today, were attacking a wagon train or a group of outlaws and bandits were attacking the wagon train, and they're all shooting at one another, and they're about to run out of ammo, and it looks like they're about to be overrun. And all of a sudden, you would hear the sound of a bugle, and they would say, the cavalry is coming. And the enemy would flee, and the cavalry would come and rescue the day. I've got good news for you. Calvary's coming today. Not horse, horse-mounted soldiers, not soldiers on horseback, but help comes from Calvary itself. Calvary is Golgotha, the place of the skull. In Mark 15, 22, they brought him to the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. The cross has a message to preach. Here's the scripture text for this message of help. Psalms 121, verses 1 through 8. I will lift up my eyes to the hill from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. And he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Lord shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. And then Psalm 61 verse 2. From the end of the earth I will cry to you when my heart is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher than I when Jesus cried it is finished you see they hung our Savior on a tree they put him on a tree and while he was on that tree from 9 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon he bled he died he suffered and I want to tell you something but at 3 o'clock in the afternoon the Bible said he yielded up his spirit the King James Version says he gave up the ghost He yielded up his spirit. You see, no man took his life, but he gave his life freely as a sacrifice. He wasn't murdered at the hands of the Jews, he wasn't murdered at the hands of the Romans, but he gave his life as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. And he cried out in a loud voice, It is finished! And when he cried it is finished, hell was defeated, the devil was defeated, death was defeated. Come on somebody. And today we can live victoriously because he finished it at Calvary. Listen to what happened at 3 in the afternoon. In Matthew 27 verse 50, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Verse 51, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from the top to bottom, and the earthquake And the rocks were split, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the grave after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And so when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquakes and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. I want you to notice something. When he cried, It is finished, graves were opened and there was a resurrection that took place now think about that you're sitting around the table and granddaddy shows up at the house and you know you buried him three days ago that'll wake you up get your attention what was that that was the first fruits because you see he's the first fruits of the dead and he died on Passover but he was raised on first fruits and that was the first fruits and I believe when he ascended into heaven he took them with him and said father look I've brought the first fruits hallelujah that resurrection guarantees our resurrection and one of these mornings come on somebody the trump of God's gonna sound and the dead in Christ are gonna rise and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord and ever be with the Lord I wish somebody would give God praise in this house Through the sacrifice of Calvary, we have access. Donald Stamps writes, he said, The tearing of the veil of the temple signified that a way was opened into the presence of God. The curtain separating the holy place from the most holy place barred the way into the most holy place, God's presence. It was now open for all who believe Christ and his saving word. We have access to grace. Think about that. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. The cross still stands today. And because of what Christ accomplished, we now have access to the Father. Listen, I don't have to come down here to the church. I don't have to find the priest and say, can you pray for me? I can have an audience with the Father, the audience with the creator of this universe, the one who spoke this world into existence right in my bedroom, right in my living room, right in my dining room, in the front seat of my car. Why? Because the veil has been ripped in two, and now you and I can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain help in the time of need. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Then look at verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. What is the message of the cross? 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that scripture. Think about that. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. An advocate is your helper. The Holy Spirit is our advocate on earth. Jesus is our advocate in heaven. That's why when I pray to the Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. And do you know the word, the name Jesus, in the Hebrew, it's Yeshua. You know what it means? Salvation. His very name is a saving name. Psalms 40, verse 17 says, I'm poor and needy, yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay Oh, my God. The message of the cross today is a message of hope. It is a message of help. But I want you to notice, third, it's a message of healing. The cross is preaching a message. The cross is saying there's hope in Jesus. There's help in the Lord. Let's be real honest today. Can we just be real honest? We're a needy people. We run up on things we don't know what to do. We don't have the answer for. We need the Lord. We have to go to him for help. Now maybe you got it all figured out, but I want to tell you, I have to spend a lot of times asking the Lord for help. There are a lot of things that come into my life and I don't know what to do about them. And the Lord can bring that help that we need. But then I want you to notice the message of the cross is a message of healing. And this is more than just a physical healing. Let's go back into the Old Testament and look at Isaiah, who was a Messianic prophet who wrote probably more Messianic prophecies than any other Old Testament writer. And look at chapter 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now let me read that to you from, a, from the New Living Translation. He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Donald Stamps writes, he said Christ was crucified because we've sinned and are guilty before God. As our substitute, he took the punishment due us and paid the penalty for our sins, the penalty of death. Therefore, we can be forgiven and have peace with God. We can be forgiven and have peace with God. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The cross preaches a message. What is that message? It's a message of healing. And as I was meditating and thinking on this message, I kept thinking about an old song. I don't even know who the author is, and I don't think there's anyone that has claimed, and they don't really know who it is. And it's called, A Bomb in Gilead. And it sums up this message of healing. And listen to the words of this beautiful song. It says, There's a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There's a bomb in Gilead to heal the sin sick soul. Wow. Jesus is this bomb in Gilead. That was a healing bomb, it had healing properties in it. It was traded across the Middle East. By those who would come and they would come and they would trade and they would trade this bomb in Gilead and it would be used as a healing agent. I've come to tell you that the cross preaches a message of healing today. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 21 through 24 For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving in us an example that you should follow his step, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed." What is Isaiah 53 saying? It's saying when Jesus Christ went to the cross he went to the cross because of my transgressions. He went to the cross because of my sins. The Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not righteous today because I have an ordination and a denomination. I'm not righteous today because I've been grown up in church. I'm not righteous today because I'm a member of this church. I've made righteous today because as a young boy I bow on my knee, I confess my sins to the Lord Jesus Christ, I said I'm a sinner, I cannot save myself I invited him to come in and to become my Lord, he came, he, he forgave me, he cleansed me, he washed me clean in the blood of the Lamb, he gave me his grace and he has sustained me through these many years today and I'm made righteous not because of anything that I do or anything that I've done or anything that I will do, on the best day of my life, on the most holy day of my life, my righteousness falls short but I've come to tell you I'm not standing here here today clothed in my righteousness I'm standing here clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ because he went to the cross and that is the message of the cross today he healed my sin sick soul sometimes we see things and there's not much that shocks us anymore vile sin wicked sin wickedness man it's paraded in front of us as if it's normal the bible said in the last days they'll call good evil and evil good and that's what we're doing in this day and as a Christian, as a believer, sometimes you just, you just think, well, I'm, I just can't understand. But it's the nature of sin. We all were born with it. We were all born in that lost condition. We were all born in that place. But thank God, the cross still stands today. Do you know in China, they're destroying churches. They go in into a village, and if that church has a cross on the top of it, they destroy it. Some years ago, I had a friend, he was building churches in China. He was an Assemblies of God missionary, and he was building churches in China. And the one requirement was they can't put a cross on that building in any way. And the ones that maybe have been grandfathered in and have been there now, they're going in and they're destroying those buildings with that cross. There's something about the cross. What is it that offends them? I'll tell you what it is. The cross is preaching a message of hope. And that cross stands there, and that cross reminds us, I'm a God of hope. And we can't help ourselves. As much as we want to, as educated as we are, as, as much as we've learned, as, as far as we've advanced in our society today, we're finding out even with all the technology and all the medical technology and all that, we can't help ourselves. But the cross stands today as a message of help. And listen, when it's just you and God alone, you know where you're at and you know what's going on in your own heart. See, I don't know what's going on in your heart today. I'm not your judge. Aren't you glad? I'd be a tough one. You're not mine, thank God. <laughs> We'd be harsh with one another. We'd be critical of one another. But there's a Savior today. and Let me tell you about him. First off, he loves unconditionally. Man, he knows what we've done. He knows where we've been. He knows the secrets that we have. He knows the places that we've, that, that we've been. He, he knows everything about us. And he still loves us. And that's what that cross says. It says love. And man, the cross has a message to preach. And that message is he will heal my sin six soul. He was wounded from my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. There's healing available today. Physical, emotional. A lot of folks need emotional. We need emotional healing. Listen, we're affected by what happens to us in our lives. Betrayals, false accusations, tough relationships, abuse. It affects us. It affects who we are. I want to tell you, there's healing for that today. And then there's healing for sin. There's healing for sin. That's the message Of the cross. The cross still stands today. When the governments of men fade into history, and they will, the cross will still be standing. When empires rise and fall, the cross will still be standing. When a generation rises and we've passed from the scene, the cross will still be standing. In perilous times, the cross still stands. What is the message? of Resurrection Sunday today, there is hope, there is help, and there's healing at the cross. Would you stand with me?